Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, creativity, crafting, and life in my northern town. Come back weekly and we'll chat about all the things that I'm working on. My name is Vicki Holloway and welcome to the podcast. It's September 1st. Fall is in the air. The leaves are changing and the only things growing in my garden are the fall flowers, the sedum, and I'm seeing New England asters as well as mums in the community. I don't have any of those in my garden, but the bees were just swarming over the flowers that bloomed. I think it's getting to the end of the season and they were busy, very, very busy, prepping for cool nights. I'll tell you, it's been dropping down into the low 40s and yep, 40s and the highs. We're, you know, in the 70s and it feels fantastic. The fairy garden will have to get picked up in the next month, but I'm going to leave it out for a little bit longer. I may sit on the patio as it is nice after work and the sun has been shining. We haven't had a lot of rain and overall, I've just been enjoying the cooler weather and um, the tourists are up in droves because this is Labor Day weekend and we have a three-day weekend and it is officially the ending of summer here in my community. Summer wraps up, a lot of businesses will close in September for the winter and school for everyone. If they haven't started, they will start on Tuesday. So the bustles will be going by and the kids will be going to school and it'll be kind of a new year. It feels like a new year. But before we get into September and the new year, I want to say my mother and I went to AQS Grand Rapids on a week ago. Yeah, it was a week ago on Saturday. We had absolutely the best time. It was a gorgeous day, sunny. It was about 70 and we went there, got a parking space right close to the door. It was in the parking deck right next to the quilt show. It's just very nice. Going into the city wasn't as bad as I thought because I heard there was a lot of road construction. Drove right up to it, no problem. And leaving, believe it or not, for the first time ever, I drove out and turned the right way and got on the highway. The show was great. I have been to many AQS shows since 2013 uh, in Grand Rapids. So they've only been there for two years longer than I started to go. And I think I've only missed one or two during that time. It's a really large show. It feels large. And I've asked around is how does some of the other shows compare to this? And because I've only been to a few and most people tell me it is one of the biggest. And I have to say, if you haven't been to Grand Rapids, it's a very, very fun place to go. It's it's a city, but it's not like going to Nashville when I went to QuiltCon. It's walkable. It's pretty safe. Um, I know my mom and I walked to meet our son after he and his wife met us downtown. It really was a festival feel. They did a great job with uh, making coordinating with the Chamber of Commerce on having lots of things to do. And of course, the Amway Grand isn't that far. So if you wanted to stay, there are a few 
very nice hotels right downtown. So I'm just saying, if you've not been there, you should go. Now, the Best in Show was the same quilt that won Best in Show in Houston's International Quilt Festival. But what's really great is I've seen some of the quilts online before, but when you get to Grand Rapids, you get to step right up and look at them. The great thing about Saturday is it was busy, but it wasn't so busy that you couldn't get right up close to the quilts and look at them. That quilt was a beautiful, beautiful quilt, and it signified all the things that I noticed as trends in the show. Um, circles, lots of applique, lots of tiny, tiny pieces, little bit of sparkle. I think it had some metallic threads. That was another thing. Um, a little more modern. Wasn't as many traditional quilts, which is fantastic because I love modern quilts. My quilt was in the modern wall hanging category. And just all of the tiny, tiny details that went into that particular quilt and all the winners. Um, I loved the winner, but my favorite one was a quilt that was from South Korea. Now, let me look the names of those quilts up because I don't have them right here on my phone like I thought I did. So the winner, it was very large on a blue background. It was laid out like a mandala called Eternal Beauty by Sherry Reynolds in Laramie, Wyoming. Um, it has like a mariner's compass center and two or three layers of it. it has a big sunburst feel. Oh, just gorgeous with tiny, tiny, tiny mariner's compasses set in circles. I mean, everything about this is so detail oriented and fantastic. There was uh, really beautiful traditional applique designs. The best in hand workmanship was one of my favorites. You know, it's called Paradise of Flowers and Fountains. It's also a circular design and it's probably like a little over half of a star, you know, a lone star set in circles with the lone star in the middle and lots and lots of circles applique on it and sparkles and beads and all the bling. There were many quilts that were tiny, tiny quilts and just, just gorgeous. So I have to say I had a really good time looking at all of the different quilts. Cherrywood Fabric was there with the prints challenge with all the purples. Um, it, they were beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Gonna say I liked Van Gogh last year better and I cannot wait um, to see Bob Ross. The winners on that looked great. But of the purple um, challenge with Prince, my favorite one was, had a lot of color in it. A lot of them were just purple and black and they were Prince doing concerts or famous, um, famous shots. But it was a... Uh, portrait of Prince's face and his hair was paisleys of lots of colors and oh man that was really really pretty. The challenges were cool to see the guild challenges. There were lots of different um, fun things like diamonds and animals and um, places and events. The other fun thing was um, 
there was an international like pay, uh, pen pal or exchange. So somebody from the United States got a quilt to someone in another part of the world. And that, that was really, really fun. Um, the show I just can't, it's, it's almost so big that you just can't even comment and describe everything because it's so well executed, well done. The colors were bright and bold this year. Not a lot of Civil War appliques, and it seems to mean that a lot of their winners were in the brown and taupe family, and <laughs> a lot of applique, which, you know, they're beautiful and they're fantastic, but they're kind of like, you know, not my absolute favorite thing. The modern category was exceptionally small this year. So I felt pretty honored to be one uh, in the small group of modern quilts. Mine was an improv quilt. And I there weren't very many other improv quilts at all in the show. And I, I felt honored to be there. The quilt looked good with all of the surrounding quilts. You never know when you go if you're just gonna, you know, be like, I don't know. There's just something about you always doubt yourself, no matter what. They they like the quilts and, and had it be picked to be a semi-finalist. And I'm very, very honored and very proud of that quilt. And it made it home safely. I took a day off um, during midweek after we got back from the show. My mother came home with me and stayed for a week and long-armed, and I happened to be home. I was so happy to get my baby back, <laughs> and I was mistaken. My favorite quilt was by Masako Sanada from Japan. It's called When Every Heart Blooms, and it has deep, saturated color in it. But it also has a little bit of a white or cream background. It is also several mandalas um, set together in por por portions of it, not the whole thing. It was so breathtaking. The other thing about it is it had tiny little floral shaped mandalas. They're like multiple layers built up on top of each other, appliqued around on it. It had all kinds of stitching in a very organic way and yet it was breathtaking and purples and greens and one of the mandalas was blues and yellows there was browns and oranges everything in this but it also had tiny tiny little circles and clusters of three appliqued on oh my gosh it won a prize it won a ribbon for um honorable mention it was fantastic. I really think it should have been a winner. So uh, if you have a chance to look it up, I will also put a picture of it. And I also, did, you know, I did a little video of some of my favorites. So two videos that I put on Instagram and you may have seen it, but I will also put it on the show notes. So you can see things that I saw at the show and highlighted. Oh my goodness. It was wonderful. But one of the other things that was so fantastic about this show is my mother's cousins live in the area and we met up with them completely by accident. Had the best visit. I haven't seen them in probably a decade. They had their daughters with them. They had a great time. We just had so much fun. Oh my gosh, it was wonderful to see them. And they are 
some of the nicest people. It's just so bad that I don't get to see everybody all the time, you know? I guess this thing called life and working and all of that stuff. But they do keep up with me on Facebook. And I want to say that's just, it's wonderful because I feel like I haven't been so um, out of the loop with what's been going on in their lives. And they get to see the quilts and their quilters and we share. And it, it's wonderful. It's been been absolutely wonderful. I, I just can't say enough. Um, it just was one of those moments where we didn't plan it and it couldn't have worked out any better than it did. So go to the quilt show in Grand Rapids if you have a chance. Um, I've never made it to Art Prize, which is going to every other year, and that's an art show that's spread out throughout the city. One of these days, I'm going to get to that show. My quilt is also going to go to a show in Marquette, Michigan. Um, so the fifth element will be at the show in October in Marquette. So I'm, I'm going to try to go up there. I haven't been into the Upper Peninsula um, in a long time for more than just crossing the bridge. Um, if you know, Michigan has two peninsulas and there's a five mile bridge called the Mackinac Bridge. And tomorrow it shuts down for the annual bridge walk. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Think about it's a main highway. And for six hours, the traffic cannot go across that bridge. And thousands of people walk across the bridge, usually with the governor for Labor Day. And it's an honor for the workers of our nation, as well as the people who are parts of unions. And that's a pretty cool thing to be able to walk across the bridge. I have never done it because it's been very windy. And number one, walking that far is hard for me. Number two, my mom did it once and she said the bridge has enough flex in it and sway that it really um, <laughs> made her feel a little woozy. And I have enough motion sickness as it is. So um, yeah, so going across the bridge to Marquette, it's actually about four hours north of us. And there's a large college there. And um, we've been to the town a time or two for wrestling tournaments and things like that. But it'll be fun. Maybe in October, they'll still have fall leaf color going. But usually by that time, it's pretty much done. So I don't know. My husband absolutely loves the UP. Um, it's pretty rustic and wild and a lot of camping and boating and active things, fishing, hiking. Um, I, I'm like not into all of that, but I do love driving along the shorelines because Marquette is on Lake Superior and to see Superior in the fall with the winds and the powerful waves and if you get to the beach you can look at the agates where if you go to the beach on Lake Huron um, you see all just great stones that were left from glaciers and if you go to Lake Michigan you may be able to pick up some Petoskey stones. Yeah, I'm a rock hound, kind of a nerd, but it's one of the things I've always done. And good news for rock hounds, the high water levels are bringing more rocks to the shore. So they say finding Petoskey stones, which is a fossil, um, which is our state stone, will be easier to find over the next few years. So I'm looking very much forward to that. But so going up in October to the Upper Peninsula, maybe um, something we can do. And we may be able to go and watch a football game. 
and we have to take 10,000 layers of clothes, um, even though they, I think they have a dome, but it's really cold up there, even more cold than here. Marquette and Gaylord, where I live, are about equivalent for the snow levels, but they get more cold because the wind comes off of Lake Superior. I think they have a dome for the college game, but I'm not sure that's all going to work out. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So what else have I been doing? Not a whole lot in quilting. Um, my mom used the long arm machine every day and I took a week off from all things quilting last week and sat and knit and did some crocheting and I just enjoyed the time. Watched some shows and football games are coming on, college football games. It just was a nice, chill, relaxing week. Work wound up being busy, so it was nice to have that nice, relaxing evening. Um, I did use my Cricut and cut out some more shadow boxes, and there was a big debate in my mind. These are for my granddaughter's birthday, and one is a fox, and they are like five or six layers, and then one is a partridge, and it's like five or six. No, it's not partridge. It's a bird, and um, I was going to put lights in it to make them like night lights but then I realized they're only in kindergarten if I put the led lights in there with batteries they're going to get run down and if I put one with a plug they may get knocked off so for safety I decided to do um, all white layers no lights and put a bright color on the back layer to give all the dimension life um, so teal is the background for for them and I couldn't find white frames like I wanted and I had to get black frames but overall I think for safety I'm going to keep those little lights and use them for my little pumpkin decorations and who knows maybe I will make a shadow box for myself I have a test run um, shadow box that could use lights but I need to shave down the spacers that I use so if you're making a shadow box and you have a Cricut I used foam core and it's too thick um, and I had to try cutting it up with an X-Acto knife, which is very dangerous. Um, so I got a tip on one of the groups I belong to about buying weather stripping. And it's already got glue on the back. It was really cheap. I can cut it with scissors, stick it on, made the project a piece of cake, and it was all good. So made some shadow boxes and knitting on my shawl. It's pinks and raspberries and browns. I love that. And just taking it easy. I want to start talking about September. So September is my podcast anniversary, And I can't believe it is my third year of podcasting. I started in 2016. And I remember the first show I did and how nervous I was and talking about my quilting journey. And I thought this might be a good place to talk about my quilting journey. Yes, my name is Vicki Holloway and I started quilting when I was very young, you know, probably eight to 10 years old. My mom and I had a square template that we cut out of a shoebox, and I happened to find that and I still have the template. We had a sewing machine and we had um, donated fabrics from our family for um, some babies that were being born and we cut out the double knit polyester 
squares and sewed them together and my mother tied them with yarn just like my grandmother did for all the babies and I still have my baby quilt that my grandmother made for actually it's my great-grandmother's have been my mother's grandmother so who made for me in the 60s um yeah it is a tradition in my family but to be honest I did not know her she passed before I was born or when I was very young and my mother and grandmother did handcrafts and sewed but not quilting um some of my other great grandmothers had quilts and they did sewing, but neither I knew a lot of them, but they did not quilt either. It went back a generation before them. So be my great grandmother on my mother's side and earlier. So quilting, you know, was very popular with a lot of people in my family and all of those quilts were saved. Um, I grew up around quilts and the biggest fascination about quilting for me was the bright colors. So in my grandmother, be my mom's mom, in her closet were several lone stars that were never finished. She's not 100% sure where they came from. I think they came from one of my mom's great aunts and they are all hand sewn diamonds into a blue and pink star. This very center is pink. And I just thought they were the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And I wanted to figure out how someone could make it because quilting was almost like magic to me. Well, I fast forward, I didn't do much other um, quilting or sewing outside of the baby quilts my mom and I made in the late 70s. And in fact, I do have one of those quilts that we made because the baby passed away and um, my aunt gave the quilt back to my mom and now I have it. Um, so there's a lot of bittersweet memories with that first quilt. Um, and that's a whole nother story about the, the child had a disease that was incurable at the time and incredibly rare. So I have the quilt because I have chosen to remember all of the fond memories of making that. But when did I start quilting on my own? Well, when I got pregnant, um, when my husband and I were first married, I met a grandmother in college. And yes, I went to a community college and she did too. And she did her term paper on quilts. And she was from Texas and I lived in New Mexico and um, she grew up in Texas. So she was living in New Mexico in the same town I did. And she shared her term paper with people sitting around a table and she and I got talking. And the next thing I knew, I was at her house sewing on her Bernina, learning how to do some sewing and quilting. And eventually I got those Lone Stars, uh, two of them, because there were many, um, sent to me and we set them and I hand quilted them all under her guidance. The rest is a history. Over the years, I did um, several quilts on my own with um, templates and a lot of sewing and cheater quilts and all kinds of stuff until the late 90s when a lady at my church taught me how to use a rotary cutter. Then it was light years. That was the late 90s. And I have been doing all kinds of quilting 
since. And over the last decade, I sew or long arm almost every day. So that's my quilting story. I started when I was a kid. Um, Yeah, quilting was in the family, but I didn't know the quilters. And my mom, she picked up quilting even more after I showed her the Lone Stars that we finished as wall hangings. My friend from college and I, who was my kind of my grandmotherly figure so far from home. And my mom took a couple more of the stars and she finished them too. I showed her how to finish them. And then she was with the local guild for a while. And we had like this long distance parallel journey until I moved back to Michigan. And, um, We've done a lot of block exchanges with friends and quilts and all kinds of stuff. So we've had an incredible amount of fun making quilts over the years. And the long arm lives with me. Um, my mother bought it when she retired. And then eventually after she was retired for a couple of years, well, it was right before she retired, um, she moved out of town where there isn't as much snow and near my brother and sister and the rest of the family. And, and the long arm stays at my house. So she comes up north and stays um, off, you know, a couple times a year. And she works on her quilts too. So we still quilt together and yet um, we also quilt on our own things and make our own things. So with podcast anniversary coming, my mom and I were talking about what kind of quilt would we like to work on in September, maybe some kind of a sew along. So for my Creative Corner 3, a Facebook group that I am the moderator for and started, it talks about the podcast and creativity and everything. We do a lot of quilting. I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do a pineapple quilt? Because I did the traditional pineapple that strip quilts. And then I saw last year a pineapple quilt that Pat Sloan featured on her um, podcast before it went off the air. And I put the link to the free pattern. It's just kind of the bare bones. It's two and a half inch squares. And it's so cute. And I've seen people all over Instagram. It went viral making them yellows or maybe pinks or modern or scrappy. And I'm going to bust my scrappy stash and make colored pineapples of all shapes and sizes. How many will I make in the month of September? I don't know. It's not all about making a queen size quilt. I'll make, you know, maybe one a week, maybe four, maybe five, maybe six. I don't know, but that's going to be the fun. So we're working on the pineapple quilt. And then I want to do a few tutorials. And I finished up my um, crochet cushion cover and I'm going to put a free tutorial up on our creative souls website for that and I'm going to have a special gift for everybody who listens to the podcast and I will announce that more next week on our chat and I'm just thinking of lots of other things and I'm not sure what all were if there's any more things in the works but definitely the quilt along the free pattern the um, free gift for everybody so watch my blog at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com and ourcreativesouls.wordpress.com for that pattern also um, if you keep checking the show notes, you know, you'll have links and free 
things all the time, but it will be special in September. I'm going to put even more free things to link to, especially the things that we're working on. And next week will be the gift for everybody um, that will be first announced. So definitely come back next week, listen to the podcast and check the show notes out. I love to hear from everybody. Uh, Definitely, if you have time to leave me a comment or send me a direct message via Facebook or Instagram, because I know in this world, sometimes leaving comments is scary and a big risk, Um, or join the Facebook group. We have a great time there. It's a very positive and uplifting place. And we are going to be sewing on the pineapple quilt that was featured on Pat Sloan's show. And I'm just really excited about it because it's simple Zen piecing, but it can be a fun color study or ombers or doing transparency colors, anything you want to make the whole quilt about. So I want to thank everybody for being part of the podcast family. Thank you for listening. And you can always support the podcast by leaving comments, um, subscribing to the channel on Apple or Podbean or Stitcher, Google Play. I'm finding that the podcast is listed about everywhere. Um, leave a comment. Let me know. Send me an email. I mean, whatever way of letting me know what's happening in um, your quilting world and how I can help you. That would be wonderful. The other thing is I do have a patron site and I thank you for the new members who have joined this last month. I appreciate everyone who takes the time to comment. I doubly appreciate everyone who has supported the podcast financially. And if you want to do a one-time support, you can go to my Etsy shop and the link is on the website, mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. And you can do one-time donations. Uh, $5 is where um, I started and you can add dollars as you feel led. I want to thank everyone for listening. I hope you have a most wonderful week. Check out the show notes. I will put the video for the Grand Rapids Quilt Show because it's so overwhelming to talk about. You can't even describe it and make it even sound halfway as good or a teeny smidgen as good as what a wonderful time and the inspiration and all the gorgeous things we saw. So inspiring jaw-dropping, actually jaw-dropping. It was amazing. Everybody have a most wonderful week. Be inspired, be creative, and quilt on, everyone.